What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, to celebrate the 100th episode of the Rewatchables podcast, Quentin Tarantino returns for the third and final movie in his three-part series with us. In the final episode, Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy discuss with Quentin one of his favorite movies, the 1990 crime thriller King of New York. Make sure to check out this special episode and follow at the Rewatchables on Twitter for highlights of all 100 episodes. Welcome to an emergency jam session. It's Monday. Actually, it's Sunday. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's, you're probably listening to this on Monday, but it's Sunday. And I'm really glad it is because this huge news happened yesterday. And now Prince Harry also put out a statement himself this evening. So we have a lot to cover. Timing really worked out for us. It's, thank you very much. At first, I thought it wasn't going to work. And then it definitely did. So that's a positive. Should we begin with what this, the package is, what they agreed on yesterday? Yes. So right. there is a deal. The The Megxit has been resolved, and it has been termed a hard Megxit. Uh, it is a hard Megxit. It's also very embarrassing for um, the British Parliament and Boris Johnson. This got done literally in a, a fraction of the time of the Brexit, which is yet to be resolved. It is true. To borrow a um, the overworked Twitter joke of the week from the Press Box, which is a great podcast you should subscribe to, the Queen should take over Brexit negotiations was definitely on Twitter <laughs> a lot yesterday. And I don't think that's constitutionally allowed. I'm not a British constitutional expert, but uh, it, they did get something done. They did. Um, so let's go over the details of it. Okay. A lot of which I think it was unfolding. And there's like some things that are in name and some things are happening specifically. So should we go state? Should we go... Uh, Sentence by sentence through the Queen's statement first? Or just yes. Be, okay. Yeah, let's, you know, let's. That came out first, which notably, social media has been kind of leading the way for their official statements. And this came out while the Rhoda reporters were then putting the details of the agreement out on their own Twitter feeds, which is kind of interesting that they didn't use Instagram or wherever to be like, here are the details. Yes, because the media and the involvement of uh, the media in, or, Harry and Meghan's involvement with the media is the crux of this matter still, as we'll discuss. So it's pretty intentional. Seriously. All right. So here's a statement from Her Majesty the Queen on the Buckingham Palace letterhead, which is really lovely letterhead, by the way. Do you have letterhead in your life? I don't have letterhead, but I do have a lot of monogram notepads, as you've probably seen on my desk. I've been thinking about some letterhead. I completely support it. One of my go-to baby gifts for my close friends is... um, note cards for their new child oh that's nice thank you for the child for the child to write okay for them to send like all their thank you cards that's cute okay following many months of conversation and more recent discussions i am pleased that together we have found a constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family harry megan and archie will always be much loved members of my family i recognize the challenges they have experienced as a result of intense scrutiny over the last two years and support their wish for more independent life I want to thank them for all their dedicated work across this country, the Commonwealth and beyond, and I'm particularly proud of how Megan has so quickly become one of the family. It is my whole family's hope that today's agreement allows them to start building a peaceful new a happy and peaceful new life. Okay, so that's nice. There are literally no details in this. L- literally none. The word family is in there like five times yes. at least, maybe Many. more. I didn't count. Uh which is in keeping with her previous statement and is clearly what she's trying to emphasize here is that she's using their first names. This is their family. This is still a family affair. I love them. There's no bad blood. No one's feuding family, 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 family. We're all good as a small F family. Yes. Did you notice that some people did point out following many months of conversations and more recent discussions, which seems like an olive branch of to Harry and Megan of the whole, they, they blindsided us. And I think that it's trying to say maybe we were surprised by some of the things, but also they have been expressing this for a while, like trying to bring resolution to that timeline. Yes, definitely. Like, yeah, they're trying to make it seem like they didn't, they were only blindsided by the timing of Harry and Meghan's like website essentially, and not by their desire to step back. Yes. So that was the queen statement from her majesty, the queen. Then there was the official Buckingham palace statement, which read the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are grateful to her majesty and the Royal family capital F on their ongoing support as they embark on the next chapter of their lives as agreed in this new arrangement. They understand they are required to step back from Royal duties, including official military appointments. They will no longer receive public funds for Royal duties, with the Queen's blessing, the Sussexes will continue to maintain their private patronages and associations. While they can no longer formally represent the Queen, the Sussexes have made clear that everything they will do, everything they do will continue to uphold the values of Her Majesty. And then 
Lastly, the details, the Sussexes will not use their HRH titles as they are no longer working members of the royal family. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have shared their wish to repay sovereign grant expenditure for the refurbishment of Frogmore Cottage, which will remain their UK family home. Buckingham Palace does not comment on the details of security arrangements. There are well-established independent processes to determine the need for publicly funded security. This new model will take effect in the spring of 2020. Um, pretty fucking huge deal. They're out. They're out. And they're paying back the renovations that we yeah. so wondered about. Our first question was what happens to Windsor? And they've, they've been reading the comments because it's very smart of them to include that information that they will be giving back the taxpayer money because Absolutely. it's really the last thing that anyone could hold against them. Yes. And it also is like a real connection to what I think is probably like one of the breaking points. This is just my own hypothesis, but over the summer with the private jet situation where people were so mad at them for taking a jet and there was questions about like who paid for that, all of the kind of like luxury life stuff that they do and I presume will continue to do and enjoy because it's a luxury life and who doesn't like that? They just don't want anyone to like chirp about. So they're just like, they're cutting it off. And I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to have the financial independence, but still be Royal was to like, not have anyone be like, why are you using our money for you to jet off to Corsica, to Sardinia, to wherever they were going? Yes. I think the other half of that is that they didn't want anyone to be able to say, why are you using our taxpayer money when you are making like $20 million from Netflix yeah. and or your own version of like Oprah's tour. Yes. Which we will talk more about. I thought this was interesting from The Guardian. And let's talk about the HRH titles. Sure. More generally, but the couple were unwilling to subject themselves to any financial scrutiny or review in future contracts they struck. The trade-off was that they could not use their HRH styles, though they retained them. So it this is very clear that they really want to be able to do what they want and take the projects that they want and not have anyone, um, not have any oversight from, from the press or the taxpayers. But also I think like there is an internal committee in Buckingham palace, like a bunch of courtiers whose job it is to make sure that anyone with a Royal title is not taking on commercial enterprises that would disrespect or reflect poorly on the crown. I think they've done a terrible job because Prince Andrew is under that scrutiny as well as all of the queen's other children. But Harry and Meghan want none of that. Right. And they also, I think, moreover, don't want the media bringing it up either. Mm -hmm. Like, and I I, obviously, because obviously there's loopholes if Andrew's doing Andrew, you know, but I think they just, they're just like part of their, we're no longer doing the Rhoda was like, we're no longer subject to your scrutiny. Yeah. Basically. Yes. And And, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And, and, And so I think this was not well communicated in the first few hours, which, you know, is totally understandable. They're not being stripped of their HRH titles. They're just committing to not using them. This is the biggest point to me, because here is my take on this whole deal, which may be a hard exit. This is 100% reversible. Totally. I was just, this is exactly the word I was going to say, reversible. 100% reversible. And I think that's so intentional on the part of the royal family. Totally. Because, listen, I do actually wish Harry and Meghan the best. I really do. I think I, they're really in love, too. Well, I, I've been reviewing the timelines, and uh-huh. I have to be honest, they have <laughs> not totally met Amanda's timelines for Their you wedding know, was under together. two years ago. Yeah, well, I know. Um, <laughs> they've been moving quickly, but maybe Harry and Meghan and I have some uh, different goals in life, but I do wish them well. So when I say that I do not think that they will be married in five years, it's not a reflection on them or their character. I think we said this before they even got married. Yes, we did. We, that, gave, it, we gave it seven years, which is we're on track for. Yeah. And and basically for this reason, which yeah. was like, how can you put uh, someone who, Megan, who has grown up in America and is an accomplished, independent, intelligent woman and ask her to participate in this royal family situation? It just doesn't... Why would she do that? I also, I will say people make fun of her a lot for having been on Deal or No Deal and for many other like seemingly embarrassing jobs. But like who doesn't have an embarrassing job from early in their career, you know? And I just think like she actually is a a career woman. Like her chosen career is being famous and being an actress. But like she has worked her way up in that. And so if you are as ambitious as she seems, and that's often used as like a dig, like, oh, she's so ambitious. I mean it 
as a nice thing. Like I respect it. Like, of course she wants to be able to like make money and be out there. Like that's the path she chose. She went to Northwestern because it has a great drama school and like you can learn how to be an actress. Yeah. And I will also say even before she was with Harry, she was using her success and her ambition for charitable issues and advocacy. And, you know, there's that famous video of her at 11 or 12 writing who did she write because there was like something sexist said about her hillary clinton i mean she has been working for things bigger than herself for much longer than she's been a part of the royal family yeah so i i do admire her but on the flip side now that they're out harry has uh grown up in the uk in a just the most privileged sheltered bubble of all time has obviously gone through a lot of difficult family trauma and some of that is still unresolved He's at odds with a fair amount of his family right now and then is moving across the world to start a brand new life with very little support system outside of one person who does love him very much. That's that's a tough. That is tough. That's a tough ask. It's very hard. So I hope I hope I'm wrong, but it does seem like this deal was put together by members of the royal family who are also aware of some of the future complications. And I think if it gets to a point where they're no longer married, Harry can still go back. No longer married or even just no longer happy. Maybe they just want back in. But I think you're absolutely right. I also think they'll still get divorced. There's just like, as far as I've heard, marriage is really hard. And it sounds like the stress they're under makes it even more difficult. It just changes over time, you know? And and it, it is, it can be difficult. It's just like a partnership. And I think... The more that you get into it, it's it's not like you ever reach a plateau. And they, and they have been doing, they've had so much thrown at them, and there's so much more change that's coming. They're going to be living a very very different life very totally. quickly. And though he can make money, I don't think like the consequences of income could possibly mean anything to him. And it's not like he. To be clear, he's the. They're likely. It's not confirmed, but it hasn't been said. It's not happening. They're still getting money from Charles's riches or whatever. So I think they are getting money from him, but it's not clear like where it's coming from. Charles's money, whether it's from the Duchy of right, whatever from the Magna Carta, right. So it's not like a hard cutoff. Like when you graduate from college and your parents like now it's your time to get a job and support yourself. Like that's not happening. But nonetheless, like money doesn't solve everything though. It does solve many things. But I think for Harry, it's always solved everything. And so, because it's just never in the consideration and everything like, when you grow up royal and you are, you know, the queen's grandson and in line for the fourth in line for the throne, throne, which he was for a very long time, you just have certain, like just things are taken care of. (laughs) I think that's true. I think he's also, and I don't want to overstate this. He's kind of losing a sense of purpose. Like his entire life and job up until now have been to do things, whether it's military service or do charity events on behalf of the queen and of the UK. And that's at least like, that's his job. That's what he's known to do. What's he going to do now? I don't like think he's going to law school. I know. And like, and by all accounts, he really, really loved his involvement with the military, his service, and really cares about all of his charities. I mean, I guess he'll continue to do his charity work, but yes. So they're allowed to continue to do their patronages in kind of like a private way. Right. But they he is losing all of his military associations. Right. Which is sad. I mean, his title was passed down to him by the Duke of Edinburgh, his grandfather. Yeah. Which is like, you know, and, and also if, if you watch The Crown, which of course isn't completely factual, but you do get the clear sense that the Mountbatten family really cares about the military and their military service and their role within it. And it's like a pretty big deal. Yeah. I think for a long time, it was really the only, quote, career that they yeah. could have. And it is stratified and you know there is a sense of you work your way up through something and they they didn't have that many options right so I, philip gets so mad because his career is taken away from him right yeah. yeah it's pretty wild but i think the crucial like the main takeaway from the arrangement is that they didn't want anyone questioning how they make money and there's a there's a reversibility clause here yes we can't we can go back on this people yes who'd say we will but but they can Next crucial piece of it, they'll pay back the 2.4 million pounds spent on Frogmore and will now pay commercial rent. So that's like about $4 million that they're paying back for some newspaper that I read. And paying commercial rent, that, uh, I mean, who knows how much that is, though. A thing I learned recently, are you aware that uh, Heathrow Airport is like next door to Windsor Castle? I was aware that it's close, yes. And that one of the runways, the the planes just take off like basically over Windsor. I didn't know that part. And so I, 
I think you're saying it's low value, noisy. Well, I do think a lot of the refurbishment was like soundproofing Mm. because the planes are just like very low and rattling over the house the whole time. That's funny. You know, that happens. And I think probably if you're the royal family, that's the price you got to pay for living in a castle because people do need to have access to an airport. But um, I, I get it. I, I, maybe the commercial rents aren't as high as, as they would be otherwise. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, they will live lar- They will largely live in quote, North America. Mm-hmm. It's been reported that Megan is looking at quote, luxury close quote, real estate in Vancouver where they've been staying, yeah. but it doesn't say where they'll be living. It doesn't. And I think we are both in agreement that it, within an under a year, they will have a home in the Los Angeles area. I'm putting my money on Malibu. That makes sense. Is that accessible to her mother's home? Her mother's on the west side, I believe. So, yes. Yeah, I think her mom's like in like the Santa Monica Palisades area. Okay. And so, yes, that would be the same school district. And you can get a lot of privacy in Malibu. Mm -hmm. And uh, that just seems like a a great place to be for them. It really does. The security costs have mm-hmm. not yet been developed. I don't know whether you were following the Canadian newspapers last week. Yes, they all said they do not want to pay for yeah, it. They were not, not, not into taking on the costs of Harry and Meghan's security, which is reasonable. <laughs> They're just like, no. Yeah, but so that's one of the things that all of the reports, like there's no clarity on. And I guess that's even in the official statement on who will handle the security costs. Then they're saying that you can't make that public because then it's no longer Secure. secure. Valid point. Yeah. I accept that. If you're Canadian though, you know, check your tax stub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then crucially, this doesn't, this doesn't go into effect until the spring of 2020. So Mm -hmm. that's probably in like a few months essentially. And we'll get to Harry's engagement that he had tonight. But from Chris Ship, who works for ITV, he was at, he was asked, will there be further royal engagements in the UK for the Sussexes? And, or he asked that and the answer was yes, but they did not say if it was both Megan and Harry. So it's possible that Megan is done with her appearances. Yeah. He, the reply to will it be both Megan and Harry was, we're not commenting on the detail. And he read that as uh, Megan really is out and does, is not interested. It does seem like they will possibly be at things like ceremonial things, like the right. tripping of the color and other things to support the queen at like the queen's invitation, not dissimilar to how like, um, Zara and Peter Phillips, who right. are uh, Princess Anne's kids and who are not, who Princess Anne declined their titles for them. So they are members of the royal family, but they are also not HRHs. Right. And they do show up and they're considered part of the family. I wish I had known more about Anne at an earlier time because she could have been my my favorite royal for a while. But she, def- she definitely is now outside of like Meghan and Harry, who I wouldn't call my favorite, but like I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. But like Anne just made a lot of good decisions. Yeah, I think that she, there was not a lot of pressure on her, Mm -hmm. but instead of feeling put out about that, she was like, I'm just going to live my life and do the best that I can be instead of throwing a tantrum about it. And she kind of set a baseline for her kids where they were like both in and out the whole time. Like it just could have been, could have been so different. I mean, it was different because they're not Diana's children. They weren't Charles's children, obviously, but like this has come up a little bit in the press the last few days that Zara and Mike Phillips are the best example or sorry, Zara and Peter, her husband is Mike. Um, are the best example because they don't have HRH, but they do have a title and they are Royal, but not, and they are like fair, they're fairly regular and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I do think they're kind of, they're the same generation as William and Harry, but they're a generation removed from in the sense that William and Harry are brothers, but William is te- theoretically going to be the King. Yes. And Harry is just like leftover. And so it's what you do as the kind of the, the spare or the, the air and the, the spare, the air and the, or the less significant sibling where Harry could have, if Harry had followed Princess Anne's lead, Princess Anne's lead, it might have been better. Yes. Well, I don't. And he could have been happier. Who knows? I mean, yeah, but who knows? There's so much like now revisionism that will what, that will happen. And I actually want to talk about the revisionism before we get into Harry's okay. Harry's statement, which right. is, I think that the royal press, the ro- the Rhoda, as we now all know their name knew like pretty much exactly what was coming because on Thursday and Friday, there was a lot of pieces coming out about how this is kind of Harry always wanted to get away from it. And Harry always sort of dreamed of moving to Africa and committing himself to charity or the military Mm -hmm. and not really being like a quote unquote senior Royal making all these appearances and whatnot. And I'm just like, these are really moving pieces. It's a great portrait of Harry. Why the fuck hasn't anyone said this in the last two years? It's just been like all of this. Megan's tearing them apart. Megan's making Harry so unhappy, like all of this stuff. And it's just like, Oh, you all 
have just been sitting on these columns about Harry wanting out. Yeah, it's interesting. And in a lot of ways, it really does prove Harry and Meghan's points. Yeah. Because... So the the columns have been written by like the royal correspondents, like Rebecca English, who writes for the Daily Mail. And she's, my, she's my go-to, and who I thought did a really like lovely yes. and pretty fair column because she has been covering Harry for fifteen years, and she's a part of the Royal Rota. And um, I believe it's Johnny Diamond who works for the BBC wrote a similar piece about how Harry's always wanted out, and the Meghan thing is just a racist, unfair myth, and but. These people are separate from the people who put together like the headlines, the, right. the front page of the Daily Mail or the Sun. Rebecca the English is not saying like capitalize this word in my headline editor. Right. And they're also not, they are separate from the really, really horrific unfair yes. coverage, much of which was in the Daily Mail yes. that uh, we talked about in that BuzzFeed roundup on the last podcast, which is not to, abs- I'm not trying to like absolve the Daily Mail of any of it. I'm just saying that these people are or have worked with Harry for a long time. And so, and they're separate from kind of the rest of the coverage. And I think for most of it, they have been covering them in a way to maintain the access right. and maintain the relationship because you only have as much as like Harry is willing to tell you. And we've seen, you know, clips, especially in the last few months of, Harry getting a little snippy with yeah. people asking questions and he is not, he's, you know, made no secret of the fact that he doesn't like the media and doesn't like the intrusion. So if it's your job to cover him all the time, you kind of got to, uh, you don't print everything all at once. Right. Is, is I think this strategy because you're playing the long game. Right. Right. I guess that makes sense. I just think there's still kind of like, there was never like really a reasoned response to Megan and Harry's how, and how they were doing things. It was just sort of always pretty sensational. And, I don't think I really got a feel for how much Harry cared about his charities, except for like in the last like nine months, essentially. Like, yeah. and I, and a lot of that also is because he, like so many men in their twenties and early thirties, liked to party, and mm-hmm. like that's totally fine. Like that seemed fun. That's like also like would have been a great reality show, which we could have had cameras <laughs> the whole time, it's just like all the clubs in Mayfair. But like Harry is like the party boy was was the picture we got, yeah. and I'm sure that was partially true because people go through life phases and he just had to grow up that like in front of the cameras loving to party. And like, if you had that access, he would too. It's, I mean, maybe you, Amanda would not, but like, it just, it seems fun. You maybe would try it out, whatever. But like, I just think this, this thoughtful sort of this thoughtful man looking for a different life was just not really an image that had been portrayed very frequently, except in more recent months. And particularly in the last few days. Like, yeah. I, just felt like, I just felt like everyone dropped their column about this like on Thursday or Friday. No, it's totally true. And I think you're right. It was it was not a coincidence. And you have to wonder whether they're like they were being asked to soften. Yeah. They are also in addition to trying to develop a relationship with Harry. They're working with the palace. They're working with a lot of different people. And it's a pretty uh I was going to say symbiotic, but that's not the word parasitic relationship yeah. where the royal family needs media coverage or else if they don't exist. Right. And the media needs a royal family because they're wildly popular. I know. So everyone is kind of working together. Right. And I think at some times, I think if you write all of this stuff, then perhaps like the people at press office at Buckingham Palace is right. calling being like, how dare you? We need to, we need to keep this narrative together. Right. And I don't want to say they were always like, you know, I think the, the party guy image always came through. And this isn't really about like what was fair, and what wasn't fair. Cause I do think some of the stuff we knew about Harry from before was probably like very true. And mm-hmm. also like as a, as a young man, he did a lot of like really stupid, ignorant, nearly one might say like bigoted things like using racial slurs or wearing like a a Nazi uniform. Like he did some fucked up shit. Like Mm -hmm. let's not like gloss over that, but it's just, it's just this sort of this recent portrayal of like this really sweet guy who just, who just felt trapped is new. That's all I'm saying. That's true. And that's actually why I liked the Rebecca English piece because she was both like, he was a very thoughtful, sweet guy. Yeah. And also would talk about wanting to leave with kind of, it didn't seem like he had any real world awareness of what that would mean. Right. And I think God bless her. She even says he's like, not the most like intellectually sharp person I've ever met. And I was like, well, yeah, that scans. That, yeah. that does scan. I'm, I'm glad that's out in the room. Totally. And I think that's just, even in this conversation, 
it's so hard to see the royal people like in a measured way in general. Yeah. Because the press around them is so sensational. Their lives are so much more lavish and extravagant than like even the richest non-royal people can understand. Like it's just a different way of life. And, and people so, are projecting expectations yeah, and narratives onto them. And particularly since a lot of them don't speak very frequently, it's very easy to have those projections. Yeah. Like it's still shocking when I hear Charles speak. Like I feel like I just hear his voice so infrequently. It's true. And, and he's got lovely Queen's English. I mean, it's just what a lovely accent he has. So, you know, it's not because he's not doing events. I and, know. And, and being recorded all the time. It's just like no one wants to hear from him. So it doesn't get reported. Right. And Harry gets aggregated all the time because we all want to hear about it. And right. really about Meghan. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to what he said tonight, which I uh, found quite moving yes. and almost started crying over. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was like, well, let's read the statement and then we can... Um, dive into it so he had a speaking engagement tonight at the um the ivy for which is in london for centibale a, a charity that he co-founded to support young people in southern africa affected by hiv i believe this was a continuation of diana's work as well yes so it's something that he's been involved with for a really long time and feels really strongly about it was a pretty long statement which again we saw on rebecca english's twitter feed so i recommend you just check that out there's a lot of good information there and just a couple of choice quotes. He says, a decision that I've made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lately. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gotten it right. But as far as this goes, there really was no other option. He continued, our hope was to continue serving the Queen, the Commonwealth, and my military associations, but without public funding. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible. And then he added to the media, you've looked out for me for so long, but the media is a powerful force. And my hope is one day our collective support for each other can be more powerful because this is so much bigger than just us. Lovely. There are a couple of notable things in these sections I want to talk about. Let's do it. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back. I have made. Uh, yeah. Very uh, deliberate. Yes. And I, you have spoken at great length and I think you're correct. And we've both tried to point out that. It's called, you know, we've been calling it Megxit. A lot of people have very unfairly been blaming this on Megan, but Harry is, it's Harry's family. It, it, it is, he is equally responsible for all of this. And I think it's notable that he's trying to take full responsibility totally. for a lot of it as a way to kind of shift her. some of the blame. Yeah. yeah. And also people just like him more in the press. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just taking one for the team. I would call it paternalistic, but it is so specific to the situation that I think it's like chivalrous in a sweet way i think it also does acknowledge that some of it is family issues mm -hmm. and one aspect of marriage is, is who deals with the in-laws right and 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 where and where the line is and let me tell you that's an always evolving one so i i appreciate in this one that he is it's his family and he's taken the eye also he says so many years of challenges which i think could imply that it's supposed to be even before megan like that he's just this has been hard for him for a long time yes and i do think at one point during that he in the speech he talks about his mother's death and how the country and, and I believe this charity in particular um, took him under their wing and looked out for him. And he's very grateful for that. And he is, is certainly connecting it back to those experiences, which I, it, it's, it's completely understandable. He is obviously very much making this decision in light of everything that happened to his mother. Totally. And, and to your point before that media quote that is read, he had said, mm -hmm. when I lost my mom 23 years ago, you took me under your wing. Yes. That's really, that's really beautiful. And also like, it does add a lot of dimension to Harry to like, understand that he kind of retreated to her charities as a, as a mm -hmm. way of having connection to his mother. Yeah. It's very, it's very sweet. And also I, I think it's so rare for them to acknowledge the perception of Diana. And in this speech, he also said, I've grown up feeling support from so many of you. And I watched as you welcomed Megan with open arms, as you saw me find the love and happiness that I'd hoped for, for all my life. Finally, the second son of Diana got hitched. Hooray. And that's just like, so like you actually are way more of an expert on like all yeah. things Diana than I, like how often do people say things like that from I, the Royal family themselves? Yeah. I, I guess not that much, but I think, you cannot underestimate the amount of attention. I mean, how big a deal the death of Diana was. I mean, there have been like so many movies about it, but that was like a wild national event right. for all of those, for everyone involved. And all of that fell on William and Harry. Right. And Harry was 12 years old and has been like carrying that burden, both personal and public 
for a very long time. I I don't think that's a thing that is ever fully resolved. I think that's sure. going to be a part of him and his decision making for like an extremely long time. Not an extremely long time, forever. It's it is truly life-changing. But it, everyone does kind of look at him in 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 that light. You can't separate the two. Totally. He also just one other thing he said that was so sweet was that um his son saw snow for the first time recently <laughs> and and Archie loved it and it's just kind of weird watching a very public person go through like a life transition and he's like turning into like a dad. So (laughs) he totally is. I mean, and this is the main thing. It's, it's like eight life transitions at once. Yeah. It's really, really a lot. It's, it is really a lot. It's just, it's pretty wild. I thought this, I thought this speech was pretty remarkable. And I also think it's a pretty perfect cap on like this two week saga. And I kind of hope that it's allowed to live as like, sort of like their, their word on it for a little while. I think it will until their um like the next phase starts. Right, until they've actually moved. And he's phased out. Uh, I think out. really until the financial um things, uh, until their next plans and what Sussex Royal and whether they can even say, you know, Sussex Royal is under debate, but kind of what what Harry and Meghan in the US and financially independent uh, like actually looks like. Totally. We were going to get to this later, but I'm just can we talk about if this is good or bad for the royal family? Yeah, of or the, course. the impact on them? Cuz I I have been thinking a lot about it and ultimately I think this is pretty big blow for the monarchy as Mm -hmm. an institution. Um, I agree. The queen today as her first like public act after this being settled or at least having the resolution she urged her courtiers to find just went to church as she does and Sandringham as she does. And she often has members of the family with her. And today the member of the family she had with her was Andrew. Yeah, that's the lone royal who attended church with her. And she used this extremely high profile photo op where she knew that people would be around to ha- give Andrew his like first picture in a long mm-hmm. time. He skipped the walk at Christmas in Sandringham. So we haven't seen him in a while. And I think that is incredibly short sighted move. And it's not this is that's royal. That's big F family because that's a photo op that you do for the cameras. Yes. And too soon. And I just think that shows really poor decision-making. I I agree with that. The only counter would be if she is photographed alone going to church. And then it's suddenly like she has no family left. It's a perfect time to have, to have Anne there. Just perfect. I know, but I think Anne is maybe not available. I think part of the reason is Andrew is there is because he doesn't have a job. He doesn't, he's not doing anything. No one else is talking to him. And so he has to, he's following the queen around. And I do wonder whether sending her out solo sends a message of like all my kids have abandoned me. me. Yeah. And I'm just like an old lady. I don't, it's not great. The, the Prince Andrew thing is, uh, as you have said already, they have to be so grateful to Harry and Meghan for distracting it, but that is not a resolved issue. A lot of people have started wondering if Harry and Meghan aren't going to use their HRH, then is Prince Andrew going to continue to use his HRH or can they just take it away from him? Right. I guess just to me to go back to the family without Harry and Meghan, yeah. like going back three years ago is a real loss. Like for all of the petty stuff that it seems like Harry and Meghan have done and all the unforced errors they've had, they brought not only like a, a revived interest in the family, but also like some different ways of doing things Yes, that, that while really maybe kind of like hard to accept for like pure royalists I found exciting and it's just sort of like, okay, so now we just back to these visits to various charities with little impact. And yeah, though I will say one thing, the little charities, uh, Tina Brown was my hero. Tina Brown was on the today show (laughs) and she was talking about, yeah, she was. And she was talking about how a lot of the events that Will and Kate and Harry and Megan are, and Prince Charles and Camilla are asked to do are not super glamorous. It's going to the opening of a hospital. It's going to uh, a local children's right. charity that works on, you know, mental health or like any number of things. It's not, it's not high profile. Right. But they are also kind of the things that matter. It's working on a site specific way. And I think, and also I, I'm an asshole. Like for people who get to, who get to meet them one time, it's like an th- absolute thrill. And I also think I do not think that there is a modern justification for the royal family. But like the only defense, even slightly, that I could muster is that you're separating figureheads from politicians, and they thus represent like 
the interest of the state and the community. And right. someone is coming up and being like, we actually do care like, you're right. that this hospital is be, being opened. And we do care about the work that you're doing for like kids, mental health or, or whatever issue that it is, that there is something like stately and supportive about it. So I do understand why they weren't interested in doing it. Though I kind of think that's one of the things that I think is like slightly pettier, but I absolutely do think that it's a loss for the royal family because they brought energy and they and people cared and people wanted to hear what they had to say about mental health or about all of the other issues. They gave a real spotlight. I think they ultimately felt pretty contained by what they could do within that system, which is un- true and understandable. But it, you know, it's also clear that they wanted to be shining stars. Yeah, definitely. They're just so, it's just so funny. Like they are so, um, they're just like dynamic in the literal sense, which is like, there's, there's such a, such a multifaceted duo in terms of celebrity and interest, but like, what's their purpose? It's just, it, it is like all of the words that you use when trying to indicate like a absence of simplicity. It's thorny. It's fraught. It's yeah. dynamic. It's all of these things. It's, it's all the things at once. Yeah. Cause, and you know, it is also, it's which is also why people care so much about them. Yes, because everyone can find it's a, it's about family. Everybody has a difficult family and a family where they don't like the way that they're the role that they have within it and they wish they could just go be themselves. Like that's yeah. such a relatable situation. Like I, you know, I get it. And everyone has a job that they they'd rather be doing something else and right. everybody wants to not have people yelling at them on the internet all the time. We all want that. We all don't want trolls. Right. So and and you want to be able you want choice right. everybody wants to be able to make a life for themselves right so it's so understandable and then it's also i mean i you can't help but be nosy about it right i think the other reason i i think it's like a loss is a lot of the papers reported like essentially harry and Meghan got what they want which is to move mm-hmm. whereas the palace would have wanted them to stay essentially if if they could have but it seems like just the cleanest break was you guys are, you're out and you can go have your new life, but like, there's no, you can't do anything in between. So it was a compromise, but apparently like the way it was being reported, it was like, ultimately this is what Harry and Megan wanted. Yeah. My read on it is still that Megan was like, I can't do this anymore, uh-huh. which I think is completely understandable. Cause as, as we discussed, it was like, yeah. are you, can you do, do you want to do this even before they got married? Just because it is such an unnatural way of living. And then Harry rightfully chose to want to be with his wife right instead of trying to be you know keep making whatever sacrifices they have to make uh within the royal family i just feel like i I feel like i'm having like a personal like crisis not crisis but like it's really weird to like work through my feelings about this institution that i've just sort of like been obsessed with for no reason like so many people have because like you know will and kate's wedding was like one of my favorite historical historical events that i lived through like ever and like it was such a like a incredible that was like the good of the internet when like you could watch it and then like catch up with all the photos. Totally. And it's like so weird for me personally to be like working through like, do I care about these people? Should I care about these people? I totally agree. And I've been having this conversation with so many people. It's like, how do we feel about this? And also like, do we want this to be good or bad right. for the royal family? And will you keep following the royal family? And like, I probably will because... I I still think it's such a like historical anomaly. It's so fascinating. Yeah. At the same time, I don't see how it's sustainable. I have to say I have no interest in Charles like at all. When he when he is king, like that's just like a okay, let me know when that's over kind of thing. I mean, I think that's a real problem. I don't once the queen dies, what you know, with all respect to the Hopefully queen, I'm sorry for a while. But you know, her mother did live over a hundred, so but she is advancing in age. But when the queen is no longer with us, I I just can't imagine a modern society being like, yeah, sure, this guy, he's our king and we'll continue. Can you like imagine a coronation in like 2024? I can't. With all of the the, the oil and all of the pomp and circumstance? I can't. No, I, I honestly can't. And I think one of the things that I so love about the queen is that in this particularly tumultuous political moment around the world, like American politics aside, she is the lone constant of like yes. post-World War II life. And as the rest of that is rapidly changing in every country and like just like the world is being remade right now, it's so comforting to have the queen. But once the queen is 
kind of is no longer with us. Like, what's the point? Yeah. There's a really great piece um, from a couple of years ago by Sam Knight in The Guardian. It's like The Guardian Long yeah. Read. And it's about the preparations for the Queen's funeral, which is fascinating on like a just how the palace and all this stuff. That was works. a great piece. But, you know, it makes some really smart cultural observations. And one of them being that, you know, most people say that kind of like the great England, like empire, but also the idea of a successful Britain ended with um, the death of Winston Churchill. But he's like, but really it'll be the queen because she's the last link. And in a lot of ways, it's time. Yeah. That's, I mean, not, you know, again, no one is wishing for the queen's death. Okay. That's not, it's, that's not, this, this, I'll be really sad when she's gone. That's not the part of this podcast, but you know, the idea that, um, of Britain as a, a glorious empire is like, nope. Yes. The uh, sun has set. Yeah. The sun has set on that and then some. So to catch up ideologically makes a lot of sense, but it, most people in the Britain have had the queen as the queen for their entire life. Right. And so when it's when it's defined in such one specific way, I don't know how the you accept continuity right. and accept this new thing. It just it it seems like such a logical totally imbalance. Especially because when you think about British history, and we're kind of getting off course, we'll get back to yeah. tabloids in a second. <laughs> but when you think about British history, the four most important reigns, in my opinion, are Henry VIII, Elizabeth I, Victoria, and Elizabeth II. Yeah. And sort of like none of the rest of them are nearly as famous. I mean the Jameses and the Charleses are different for the glorious revolution sure. reasons and whatnot. But that was just very, it's just like, there were three such distinct monarchs that I think lead the way when you talk about British history. And it's very strange to think about that changing over. And then also kind of like, this is also a kind of a current problem in the NBA where it's like after LeBron, like who's the next star. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, what, what are we going to do here? Like, is it Giannis? It doesn't have the same kind of, Right. Gravity. And it's very similar with the queen. Just sort of like once she's no longer with us, like do people care? And like when will they care again? Because the relationship that people have to her and to the monarchy has been, one, developed over such a long period of time and is also so specific at this point. No one's used to transferring it. Yeah. In the way that I guess they were – uh, for the shorter range. 80 reigns. years ago or 90 yeah. years ago? I, I I don't know. Yes, basically. Because it also wasn't, it wasn't that long in between Victoria and Elizabeth That's II. That's true. So it's just very, it's just really very strange. I find it like very personally emotional and like I find a lot of personal conflict between my interests and my politics over this. Yeah. Well, and I think this is one of actually the, the real shames of the Harry and Meghan thing is because I think they, they left for financial reasons right. is what it seems like is that they needed to create a separate life, which is understandable, but financially they couldn't be both a part of the royal family and living their separate life. It was just like cognitive dissonance and, and too hard to manage financially. But if they could have figured something out where Harry and Meghan can actually be doing what they want to do, but in a way that is still a part of the royal family, that is a roadmap for for the royal family. And it's a real missed opportunity. Right. In terms of modernizing that institution. Right. It's the whole thing is really, it's, it's heavy. I find it heavy, Amanda. Yeah, I really do too. <laughs> um, let's do some true or false. Okay. We already hit this first one. Prince Harry didn't want to quit for ages. Yeah. I guess it's a yes. Yes. I, th- that is true. Even, yeah. even when he was dating Chelsea Davies, it, the rumors were like, he'd love to, you know, move to Africa with Chelsea Davies, which, okay. Sure. Harry and Meghan working for Netflix. So Ted Sarandos was asked on a red carpet if he'd want to work with them. And he was like, yes, sure. Who wouldn't? Which is great business sense. IMO. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, yes, people care about them so much. We're at like this peak of, of what they, of people caring about them. They're buying a coastal waterfront house in Canada. So there are pictures of a specific home in Vancouver that they're looking at. This is absolutely not a house they're going to buy because you can see the house next door in the photograph. Anything that's not massively surrounded by hedges, total private security, that's a no. That's why I think Malibu makes a lot of sense for them. I agree with you. Because you can get a lot of privacy up there and there's like a lot of and like you can I think they'll be up in the hills like closer to the Agora Hills Calabasas side than right. to the actual ocean but like right. that would be a great place for them and also really easy to have security just ask Drake and Justin Bieber and the Kardashians mm-hmm. like it's a good place to nestle mm-hmm. Megan and Harry are really serious about working about Disney voiceover work so more footage from the Disney Lion King premiere more. was released and this actually 
it makes me think less of Harry as a person with social or emotional intelligence or a sense of humor, but it does make me think that he wasn't actually asking for voiceover work. It's like they're doing a bit. Yes. That is. And they decided that their red carpet bit would be this kind of like hokey. We can do voiceover. I might be reading that wrong. It might've been like a joke, but also think about it. I think it may have started like initially brought up as real, but then like turned into like a red carpet joke or or something like that. I, I agree with you. And I think this is, that's a testament to the daily mail's manipulation because they have been the one both times resurfacing these videos. Yeah. Trying to make them look bad. In my opinion, it's still pretty awkward though. Whatever is being said, I'm it's, not, it's not a socially comfortable situation. She looks uncomfortable in those. And I thought at the time she looked uncomfortable in the photos. Mm-hmm. And I think she looks uncomfortable in these videos. She does not see many. She also was like three months after giving birth, mm-hmm. two months after giving birth. So I can't imagine she was like thrilled to be back in her stilettos and, right. and in public life already. Yeah. But she seems particularly uncomfortable in that setting to yes. me. Even that shit. So does Bob Iger. So does Bob and Iger. Also, the reaction <laughs> shot of Beyonce just being like, "What's going on?" Willow Bay as well. Yeah. She's Willow. Really, Willow's just like, "What? What's it's happening?" Really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, true or false? Thomas Markle's opinions matter. Uh, false. Absolutely not. Get this guy out of. Why are we doing this? I I know why we're doing this, but this is kind of some of the most hurtful and. Uh, gross parts of the tabloid coverage that they're just calling this guy. Do you think there's any chance they drop their lawsuit now that they're, they're not even participating with the Royal Rota? I don't think so because I think that th- there was a piece in the guardian today, an op-ed just about um, that all the hacking scandals. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, think it's a part of it i also just like their tangle with the media is not over yeah if they think that just because they're moving to canada that no they will no longer have like the paparazzi or press interest they've been misinformed and i i think they're smarter than that and i think they have to know that in a lot of ways it's more valuable than ever and you know hopefully they'll figure out a security system that works for them and a way to use that to their their advantage but i no i don't think that they're done warring with the press have they ever heard of TMZ? Yeah. A, a little thing we like to call. Yeah. Good luck to them. <laughs> Welcome to the 30 mile zone, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how long did, before you think they moved to LA? I, I agree with you. End of the year. I mean, they might be looking now. They could have a place now. They could. I mean, I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if it hadn't come out, but there's so much done in secret in LA under shadow organizations. Everyone's got a trust or which is, whatever. Which is why they will move here. Yeah. There's and, and also because her mother lives here. Right. And, and she grew a, up here. Yeah. She grew up here and she has a young child and wants to be close to her family. So I'm sure he'll go to school here. I have no doubts. I, I would be shocked if Archie Mountbatten Windsor did not go to school in Los Angeles. Yes. The private school right now. If you had to put money on it today. Wow. I think one in the Valley. Okay. I'm just gonna go with the hard Westlake. Okay. Wow. I think the only other alternative is going to someplace like Exeter in the Northeast because it's similar to what Harry did. It's a lot. You can ensure privacy. It's a lot of other like really well-to-do kids who like play hockey and ride horses. She doesn't really seem like the boarding school type. She doesn't. In a lot of ways, it seems like a rejection of the type of place where you get sent away to school when you're eight years old, which is what happened. And happened to Jane Fonda. Yeah. Um, That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Read My Life by Jane Fonda or whatever it was called. Great book. So far. But it's like one of the most influential books I've read in a really long time. (laughs) We're going to read Becoming, by the way, at some point. The Michelle Obama book? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. I have a hard time with the Obamas because... I love them so much that the f- I, if I can't have them in my life, like publicly mm-hmm. and like as political people, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to have them in my life at all. Well, I think they're honestly kind of a pretty close model for what Harry I, and Meghan are going to do. I completely agree. I completely agree. Like, can't you see Meghan Markle being thrilled to like have her name as like the executive producer on like American Factory 2? Yes. Which, by the way, American Factory is an extraordinary film. I, I recommend it, it to going to. anyone who is interested in, I don't know, great film experiences and also uh, the state of capitalism in the world. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I think it'll be a downer. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think the Netflix thing, it, Ted Sarandos is, is smart to say, sure, why not? But yeah. also, I can absolutely see them doing that type of work. Because it's very clear they want to be working at like just a really high level like a yeah. high distribution level they don't want to be doing the local visits they want to be doing things that reach a lot of people yes so i i think probably and also just kind of how they navigate their private and public life which is like we hear from michelle and barack obama when they want to post their favorite movies to 
in, to Twitter and Instagram and when it's Michelle Obama's birthday and like occasionally when Barack Obama goes golfing. But otherwise you don't really see them. They they kind of make private appearances. I they write pre- books. I would prefer to have Harry and Meghan in my life in that capacity. Like when they actually, well, his speech today I found really touching. But like I just sometimes I've been thinking a lot about the moment in their um, kind of first sit down after they got engaged where she tells the story of her asking their mutual friend well, is he kind? Because mm-hmm. he needs to be kind. Like that kind of shit makes me cringe. I did think about that the other day. I was like, oh, there's all, it's not always been great times with Megs. So I just hope. I think she's most effective when she's giving speeches yes. at events. I was rewatching the speech that she gave at the SmartWorks event when was she was talking one. about kind of the, the clothes that you wear to an interview and the confidence and what it can mean to you. And I was like, oh, you're really good at this. You should be doing this. This is another really cheesy thought, but I, I was looking at Rashida Jones's Instagram this morning mm-hmm. and she thanked Sarah Bareilles, whose video for Brave just got 100 million views on YouTube. And it was the first thing Rashida Jones ever directed. And she was like, thank you, Sarah, for pushing me to do this, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Like, that's what real female friendship and support looks like. And like, I totally agree with that. Like, Megan is best. And I feel like with like the sort of like support of women and equality is best when it's like tied to actual work and mm-hmm. actual like substance. And I think that she actually is a positive force when it comes to like doing stuff like the smart works thing was really smart and meaningful and like actually makes a difference. And I do think in many ways she can be a positive force in this world. given her platform. Yeah. If she's allowed to like can do the charities that she actually connects with. Yes. I think I a hundred percent agree with all of that. And I think it's so telling that we have just been talking about Meghan Markle only in this context <laughs> the whole time. Cause God bless Prince Harry, who is clearly, as you pointed out, really devoted to his charity work and especially um, as it connects to the memory of his mother. And I don't mean to undermine that. Not at all. I don't know what my guy's going to do. I Can you see my guy like hosting an arena crowd and doing his version of like the Oprah thing with the the giant jumbotron behind him? No. I just really, I, I don't think he can pull it off in the way that she can. And I think it's going to be fascinating trying to watch them figure that out. Someone like Oprah is closer to the tradition of like a, a mega church than she is mm-hmm. to like the tradition of like celebrity of like cloistered celebrity, you know? Yeah. And I think that the American celebrities who've come to have mega fame are the ones who can command a stadium. And Oprah can do that. Taylor Swift can do that. Meghan Markle might be able to do she that. She might be able to because it is just require amount of performance. And I don't, by that, I don't mean artifice, but you just, you do yeah. um, have to be able turn it to on turn it on. Turn it and, up. And Meghan Markle can do that. She is trained in it. And she also has like the inherent natural quality. I, yeah. But I think on the I don't other, know about Harry. On the other hand, what will he do? He will play golf. He does he play golf? I'm sure he does. I don't know whether they play golf. They play polo. They do all sorts of really you know, bougie sh- you know stuff. They play golf in Scotland. It's the home of golf. Yeah, but I think they only go to Balmoral in Scotland. I don't know. He'll pick it up. Is my guess. Okay. I feel like he'll just like. They'll go to like the Vouve Clicquot like polo match here. Like they'll do, he'll do like sport, I think, and probably like take up surfing. And oh my God, that would be so great. I can't wait. But like, can you see that happening? I guess so. I, uh, what he does is my biggest question. I don't know. It's a really good question. I I think this is a real, real win for her. And I think he wants it. So I don't think it's like an L for him, but I agree with you. Like, the next 10 years of Prince Harry's life are like, there's not a blueprint. Whereas for her, there's a lot clearer yeah. sense because even like with the Obamas, I think Barack and Michelle are equal in their commitment to their current pursuits. And, you know, for the entire time that we've been aware of them, it's been very clear that Michelle is like equal to him in every way, except for the fact that she didn't run for president because she didn't want yeah, to has no interest in the yeah, politics. Not, not because it. she couldn't. Yeah. That seems like I think one of the reasons she's so inspiring is because it's like a clear partnership and there's a lot of equality, at least on the outside, doesn't feel the same way with Harry and Meghan. Yes, I agree with that. When you take the royal out of it. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It really is. What a journey we've been on this past two weeks. So true. (laughs) You know what? I I feel like I've heard from a lot of people. I've liked talking with you about it. I've liked talking with everyone that who has listened and kind of sent us feedback. We appreciate that as well. It is fun to talk about. It really is. I also think we'll keep talking about it. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to keep up with Ringer Dish throughout the rest of the week. 